fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous edition of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Hometown Haunts. This episode is all about ghosts of pets. I am your host, Kat Cloco, along with me every week is Christina Wald, our producer, and Jen, our researcher, and we have two special guests joining us today. That would be Monica, who's a returning guest from episode six. Welcome back, Monica. Hi, how are you? And we have Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Hi, how are y'all this evening? Doing well, thank you. Good. Just before we start the show, I do want to remind our listeners that you can find us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, Since the Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. You can email us your own ghost stories, urban legends, or creepy stories at cincycuriosities at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes and here on YouTube, where you can catch every fantastic show. So we're talking about our pets this week. Yes. <laughs> and Christina, you now have two little kittens. Yes, yes. You might see them running behind or on my desk at some point today. They're, they're getting used to it. They've been here a week. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, yeah, they're, they're very, they now have the full run of the house. They were kind of quarantined off for the first four or five days uh, while Miffy got adjusted to being around them. And they had a little cold when they came. So we didn't want them to be immediately exposed to Miffy. And so now everybody's integrated. <laughs> Is everyone doing well? Yes, there's been no incidents. Like Miffy That's has not good. raised her paw once. She grumbles at them. So when they get too close, she gives them the warning grumbles. Um, the our little bobtail named Bob keeps trying to befriend her and touch noses with her, and she's just sort of not having it quite yet. But she's not attacking him either. That's that's a good thing. I think she'll get mm -hmm. there. Yeah, she'll get there. She's actually our only cat that's been around all the cats we've ever owned together. Because when we got her, our 20-year-old cat was 20. And, and you know, our first batch of cats that my husband and I had. And now she's sort of been through all of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so she's... But um, anyway, uh, we're, we're glad to have you on, Cindy. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and do you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah, and Monica, do you guys each want to kind of tell us about what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, do you want to go first? Okay, we're well. Well, we're. I'm a medium. I mean, uh, Cindy is too, but she's also an animal communicator. Um, <clears throat> I I'm not not as astute an animal communicator, but I do know when they're around, and <laughs> often in my often when I give readings, there's an animal associated with people. I find, uh, and uh, it's it's it can be anything from a an animal from the past or. Uh, it can be a, a, a wild animal or it's their totem. It's their spirit animal that gives them strength and is always with them. Something that's been assigned to them, I find. And that's my experience when I read. Um, but I think Cindy has the more uh, definite communication with uh, her animal guides. Uh, I think they actually speak to you, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. Um, and animals in body and animals in spirit. So it, it gets quite busy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I actually had the opposite experience that you did, Monica, is, you know, because I've been doing animal communication for figured out 20 years. And I started having people showing up with the animals. And I'm like, you know, so wow. I'm talking to a client and I'm going, okay, well, who's this guy? There are two guys standing here and describing it, you know, and oh, it's my uncle and my dad. Okay, um, well, 
I don't know why they're here, but they're standing next to your dog on the other side. So that's how I actually got into mediumship. So it's like, for me, it's, it's um, you know, I want to understand how to do things in the best way I can do them. All right. So, you know, talking to animals to me and probably Monica, I'd say probably for you as well, uh, has been something I've done all my life on one, you know, one sense or another, I would think. And so, you know, adding the people into it, I really didn't want to talk to people, but they kept showing up. So I said, okay, fine. I will go learn how to do this. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's my guy. It can get crowded. Huh? It can get crowded <laughs> doing a reading. Yeah, it can. Can't it? it? It's kind of fun. It's like a full room comes, comes alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, how do you that, filter? I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean no, to ask you, Jen. Oh. No, I was just going to make a smart ass comment. <laughs> Go right in. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to talk to living people. I can't imagine having to talk to the dead ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same comment, Jen. Don't oh, worry. <laughs> well, I, was, I didn't want to I talk was... to the people. I wanted to talk to the animals. So that the people came yeah. along insistently afterwards. That's yeah. every party I've ever been to. <laughs> Is this something that you can control? Like, is, is it invasive? How invasive is this uh, ability? Um, I, you know, I can talk to that. I think it's um, like opening a door, closing a door. Um, and Monica, you might want to jump in as well. But for me, um, I have a ritual I do before I do animal communication or before I do mediumship. And, and it's a deliberate tuning in with the divine all it is it is a deliberate tune asking for help as well as my my master teacher um and you know any and all animal spirits and, and guides that wish to assist so um that sets the stage now that doesn't mean to say that i can't be in fact um it did happen one one thing that happened to me several years ago is i was out um talking with uh, some folks uh, and their horse. And I was out in, in a, a pasture area and I was walking back to the barn and I looked up and a horse that I had had who passed away 10 years earlier was standing on a hillside. And I'm like, I just stopped and said, I asked the people, I said, who is that? Who, which horse is that? And they said, we don't see a horse. Wow. So, and it was Zan, it was a horse I had had, you know, like I said, 10 years ago. So um, for me, I'm, you know, I'm a science major. All right. <laughs> I worked in corporate for a very long time. So I'm the kind of person that is like, you know, I'm, I'm giving me the evidence. Give me, a, I'm a science major, right? Give me the evidence. And, um, I got into this because I had a very sick dog. Uh, and I, we were at a psychic festival. I'd never been to one before. So I was there and I ran into this lady that said she could talk to animals. And I, you know, this dog had been to the vet, this dog had, you know, uh, and we just could not figure out what was wrong. And I said, would you talk to my dog? Because no one else can help me. Uh, and I know something's wrong. I know. Okay. She came out to the house and, and uh, talked to him. And she said, when he, you know, when he starts running into walls, I want you to call me. And sure enough, he started losing his eyesight. He started running into walls and having trouble going down steps and this and that. And I called her and um, all she said, now keep in mind, she's on the phone and I'm on the phone. The dog can't hear her. Mm -hmm. And she said, Gaylord, 
you remember that you said when you couldn't see anymore, it was time to go. The dog laid down. Hmm. No interaction with me. Could not hear Kate in terms of physically hearing with his ears. He laid down. And that to me was like, okay, there's something to this. And then she became not only my teacher, but Terry's teacher as well. And we went through training with her. Um, but that to me, that's the kind of person I am. You have to show me. The, and, 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 you know, and it's like, there's no way she could, he could have heard her physically. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? So I figured yeah. there had to be something to this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, I was wondering how you trained. Sorry, Monica, what were you no, saying? Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead with your clock. No, just wondering how you train to specifically be able to focus in on pets rather than the extremely nosy people that just wander into the situation when you're trying to read an area. They're just like, hey, what you doing? Oh, you can see me? And you're like, no, I'm trying to talk to this basset hound here, yeah, not yeah, you. Yeah, it, it's a great question. And um, I think the same would apply whether we're doing psychic mediumship work or we're doing animal communication. It's intention. Okay, I, I'm a visual person. So, and, and, you know, so Terry and I actually, any animal communicator you talk to is going to work a little bit differently. I'm visual, right? So I want to see a picture. Mm -hmm. And I use a picture to connect with the animal to form a temporary connection. Okay. Um, and I think that that it's that connection along with the fact that I just love animals and I always have that allows me to hear them and see them and, and feel emotions and, and get the information in whatever way that animal wants to communicate. Does that answer the question? I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Monica, I'm sorry. I interrupted you earlier. Oh, the thought was uh, that um, I was going to share that, and I think I've already done that in the first first segment, but uh, of your show, Once Upon a Time, that I had Terry talk to uh, one of my Shih Tzus after our older Shih Tzu boy had died, and she was distraught and could not find him, didn't know. And she had seen him die. She'd see, smelled the body and it passed, so she knew he was dead. But she was really depressed, as I would expect. We all are depressed after someone we love dies. So uh, I talked to Terry to ask her to talk to Sally. Yeah. And what she told she told Terry was that she missed she missed the company, and she missed him. And Terry said, um, "Well, I think that you're probably going to have a friend in maybe two weeks." <laughs> Can, can you wait that long? And, and she said, well, I suppose so, because Sally was a stubborn little dog, but she had a heart of gold. And uh, one day, about two weeks later, Cindy came home, and I wasn't home. Cindy came home with groceries and opened the garage door, left the car out on the driving pad, opened the doors, brought in groceries, and Sally bolted from the house, all excited, and went around the car, around the car, around the car, around the car, sniffing, 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 looking up into the, into the each door, Aww. trying to get into the hatch, barking at, at barking, barking, barking. And Cindy said, "I took that as a moment, saying, it's time, it's time to get a new dog." So it happened that a friend of mine contacted me no more than 24 hours after that, 
and told me about this, uh, she was with SAP, and told me about this uh, adoption that they rescued 44 dogs. And some of them were poodles, some of them were mixes of Bichon, and there were a couple of Bichon. So I went looking for a small dog and I came home with a Bichon, but we brought Sally with us. The minute I knew that Sally was growling, growling slowly at him, I thought, it's love at first sight. <laughs> She, she was okay with him and he, he guided her in, into her dark, darkness. So he was the guide dog that, that would wake her up in the morning. He'd, he'd, he'd tell us when she was awake. He'd, he'd uh, direct us into the bedroom and she would get up. We'd put her on the ground. He'd sniff her and he'd lead her out. She'd follow this white tail out. And that's what his job was for the last year of her life. Aww. And when she died, he was just depressed. He wouldn't eat. He even took on the same sickness as she had, Aww. which was um, the liver started going and all the functions were dropping. I took a blood test to confirm it. And I said to the vet, this is crazy. She's doing the same thing as Sally. He's doing the same thing. And he said, well, he says, got to do something here. I, he says, we're going to put him on some medicine and I'm going to give him some hydration. It pulled him around and um, we, we talked to him and told him about Sally and showed him pictures of her, kept pictures of her around, kept her ashes out so he could smell them. And he, he pulled out of it a little bit. He was more a little more playful, but really still slow. And then this year, we got the, a call from someone who said, we hear you're looking for, well, it was this year that we lost her and last year that we lost her and they it was like three months two months later that they called and said we've got I've got these two dogs they're bonded male toy poodles they need a good home they've been through agility can you help them and we both looked at each other and I'm sitting at home with a cast in my leg <laughs> so I said well if we stop them you're gonna have to walk them she said well let's go ahead and try it so we brought them home and it was okay it was love at first sight and they get along fine. They can't wait to get Chad up in the morning <laughs> as two-year-olds are. I call them Ziggy and Scooter, but their, their other names are Crash and Eddie from <laughs> Ice Age. <laughs> I think you bring up a couple of really good things, Monica. That one is that animals pick us as much as we pick them. So, I think when people are looking to adopt or are thinking about bringing an animal into life, their life and they have existing animals, I think that's really important to uh, consider and to actually, if you will, I mean, just because you're, you don't say you're an animal communicator, when we, when we talk, we make pictures in our head where human beings are a visual species, all right? Animals pick up on those pictures. Okay, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're going to do something like move or if you're thinking about bringing a, a new animal into the house or like Monica and Cindy did, they, they allowed um, the other dog to see him pass. Okay, so we do that, right, as much as we possibly can with our dogs and cats, it's easy with the horses, it's not quite as easy, but um, we did actually, we had to put a horse down and we made sure that um, that horse's companion horse saw 
saw him pass away and saw him, um, you know, where his body ended up. So that's important. And so you guys, Monica, you all did that exactly right. Um, but it's, it's, it's important to pay attention to your, your feelings of connection when you are considering bringing a pet in. And it's also very important that the other, if there are other animals in the home that you allow them an input to it. Um, because as Monica pointed out, they're all gonna be part of the family, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have three dogs and three cats, <laughs> all right? And, uh, you know, we came from a country home where actually two of those three cats, actually all three of the cats, one was an indoor outdoor and um, two were barn cats. And we taught them, uh, the indoor outdoor cat got along fine with the dogs. We taught our barn cats to stay away from our dogs. Okay, because we didn't want the cats getting into them. We had a greyhound at one time. Oh, and nice. And we, we also, we now have a Portuguese padango, which is a sighthound as well. And then we've got two bassets. Now, can a cat outrun two basset hounds? Absolutely. A greyhound or a padango? No. Okay, they're not gonna to get to a tree in time. So we taught our cats to actually stay away from the dogs. And then we moved to the burbs. And suddenly we have three <laughs> cats and three dogs in the house. Oh, wow. Okay, and no dog door. Oh, <laughs> no, wow. no dog door for the cat stuff. So, you know, it's been a process, um, but, mm -hmm. you know, we work with them and, and we tell them, okay, you know, we don't let the padango chase the cat that's in the basement, which is one of the barn cats, and she's not as socialized as the other two. She's getting better. She's getting better. Um, she's finally getting the hang of living in the house, which was hard for her. Um, but anyway, but we just, you know, tell her you be careful of the little one, and we tell him you're not allowed to chase cats. Says, no, I, I know you're sighthound, but no, you're not allowed to do that, and it works. Okay, and I, you don't have to, again, you don't have to be an animal communicator. I'm showing him a picture in my head and saying, you, you know, this is what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to, you, if, if, if the cat will allow you to play sniff butt, which is how dogs say hi to each other. I know it sounds terrible, but they do. Um, then you can do that politely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> politely, do not mow them down. Um, and, you know, cats say hello differently to each other than dogs do, right? So you just have to show them pictures in your head, kind of visualize what you expect them to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. The same is true with horses. All right. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, um, dogs are prey animals. We're prey animals. Okay. Cats are both, which makes them really fascinating because you got to figure out which mode you're dealing with. Are you dealing with a cat being in prey mode or are you dealing with a cat that's being in predator mode? Okay. And they can switch like that. It's really fast. I was not raised with cats, neither was Terry. So we have had some amazing cats teach us about cats and how they think and how to, to try to read, how to read their body language to tell kind of where they are. Um, at any given moment in time. So they're probably the most challenging for us to talk to because they, they, you know, they do switch back and forth quite a bit. And we've had um, some fantastic cats over the years. Clients have had some really 
great cats teach us about cats. And then we, we ended up with our own cats. Um, and we're, we're learning cat and they're be, our, <laughs> cats are being very patient with us and going, you know, now it, it's a little confusing because we actually had a cat that would wag his tail like a dog. I didn't. <laughs> You know, yeah, that is unusual. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I mean, and but if it was around so, dogs, yeah, but he was around dogs, and he mm-hmm. he caught a lot of the dogs doing that behavior, and that the dogs got attention when they wagged their tails. So I guess he figured out he could do the same thing. Um, horses are prey animals. Okay, so and I've been around horses since I was nine, off and on. Okay, uh, um, and so and I've been privileged to to be. A human with four. I'm on my fourth, and she's wow. a Monica's met her, um, Cheyenne, and then Terry has a five-gated saddlebred uh, named Rohan, and he is 31 years old. So we don't. He's he's retired. He just has to strut around and look pretty, uh, which he does. But horses, you know, you have to consider if if you pressure a dog, what is a dog going to do? A dog is going to try to back away, or they'll go into aggressive mode and say snarl at you, growl at you and say, back off. Um, this is not okay. You know, you're too close, whatever. You know, cats will, you know, get the cat back and hiss and growl and whack at you, right? Horses will, can, their first defense is to run. Hmm. Okay, if they cannot run, if they are in a stall, then they're gonna get turn and kick or they're gonna bite. So you have to be aware that each of these kinds of animals are gonna you have to know a little bit about them I guess is what I'm saying if you're going to have a horse or have a dog or have a cat you you need to understand how to read them again just read basic body language and understand what motivates them and if they get frightened what are they going to do okay um horses are fascinating yeah yeah this is I mean it's interesting talking about the different um I illustrated uh Black Beauty for Grosset and Dunlop a couple years ago and I'd never been I mean I'd been around horses but not a lot and a friend of mine who had had a horse actually the horse died in its 30s it was really old Mm -hmm. it was a really sweet horse but I she taught me so much about horses that I didn't know I didn't know that they were kind of like cats like it would rub its head on her when she would come and see it because it had been her friend since you know it was young and it would and and I didn't realize that they're pack animals they hate being left individually which I mean I didn't realize that it affected them so much if you left one alone like in a field or whatever right and that's that's another distinction between dogs and cats as well right Mm -hmm. because dogs tend to be social they're pack animals and they just integrate us into the packs right hello Uh which one's that i have my pack with me my pack wanted to come up they're all look at that i have not met this one yet now they're sitting under my feet i I haven't met this dog yet have i this is scooter this is these are minis of 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 what cat has cat has giant ones and these are little (laughs) mine are all giant (laughs) oh do you standard poodles these are 10 Oh, they're gorgeous. I was raised with poodles, so yeah. They're yeah, good. I have three very rambunctious Portuguese water dogs. Oh, my oh. God. Do? Oh. And a rabbit. <laughs> you obviously do not have the water dogs around the rabbit. <laughs> uh, the rabbit is the oldest. So, um, and we've adopted all three of our dogs. Sammy is the king, or really, he's Prince Sammy. And um, 
Um, he has every single dog when they're a puppy has come up to Sammy to investigate him and he's bopped him on the nose. <laughs> so, and Sammy is not a big rabbit. He is a Netherland dwarf mix. So he's only five, six pounds, but he's the king. So, and now he's completely blind and all three of the dogs groom him. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, you inter- obviously introduced them the right way. That, that's, yeah. great. that's great. I mean, it's, that's part of it is, you know, what your expectations are, I think, as a human. And that is the animals need to understand what your expectation is. Okay. I expect my horse, when I walk up to her stall, to turn around and face me. Now, how do I, and I taught her that by, she's a, a basset horse. She loves treats, okay? <laughs> we have two basset hounds too. Um, so I can say that. And um, so I trained her because when I first got her, she would turn her butt to you. She didn't like people. <laughs> she really did not like people at all. They hadn't been very kind to her. She was a brutal, okay? So, you know, I trained her that, hey, because you like treats. Would you like to turn around and face me? And if you do that, you'll get a treat. So now she knows. I mean, if she sees my truck, she comes to the front stall. She's waiting. Okay. So, you know, that to me is understanding what does the animal need? How another horse that might not have motivated, Mm -hmm. right? Horses have, uh, and dogs and cats have personality types. um, And, um, they can be introverts or extroverts. They can be more left brain or right brain. Um, and so with particular type of natural horsemanship we do with our horses, um, they actually have a system, it's called personality. So you fill out a questionnaire about your horse and then they will kind of put your horse on the quadrant for you based on how you answer the question. And they do the same thing with you. You know, they have a separate, separate thing for the human to fill out and then you see how you can work together. Okay, so my horse, for example, is a left brain introvert. She, in her natural, her natural state, if she's not in prey mode where she thinks she's going to get eaten, um, you know, she's thinking, but she's introverted, which means I don't have to worry about her running off with me. Okay, she's an introvert, mm-hmm. but she's a thinker, right? Terry's horse, on the other hand, is a right-brained extrovert, which means when in doubt, he's going to move. And he is right-brained. He's reactive. Right-brained means reactive. So you can, you can kind of apply that to your, your dogs or your cats as well. Okay, catch it, figure out if they're being predator or prey, and then you can kind of go from there. So we have three cats, and I can tell you that the male cat is probably, he is more of an extrovert. Okay, he is going to come out and he's going to say hi to whoever walks in the house. He is going to crawl on their lap. He is going to, you know, kind of do this with them. He chases um, the 13 year old. Okay. Um, and he tries to intimidate his sister, his biological sister. Um, whereas the little cat, she's more of an introvert and, and a cuddler. And so and the one downstairs is very shy. She was in a barn until she got here. So, you know, you can kind of apply the same thing with dogs and with, with cats. You know, we have two basset hounds, right? So Bull is 12 and a half, and he's big guy, you know, the big basset guy. 
he's very laid back. He's very calm. He's very sweet. He, he will drape himself across your lap. You sit on the couch, all 60 pounds of him. Um, and, you know, so he's very laid back. We have another Bassett who's older. He's, we think he's a little bit of beagle in there, but mostly Bassett. And he's outgoing and wants to play and he loves people. And they both love people, but Lucas will like, you know, play with me, play with me, play with me. So he's more extroverted. Bo is more introverted. Same breed of dog. Okay. Uh, one came from a rescue. Lucas came from a rescue. Bo came from a couple whose uh, husband passed away and the wife was moving in with the daughter. So he needed a new home. And so we got him four years ago. Lucas, we've had out of a rescue for a year and a half. He was a backyard breeder. Wow. Stud dog. So okay. what are some of the more complicated cases and, and that you've dealt with? Because you, you also deal with healing animals as well as communicating with them. What, what do you end up find yourself doing more? Do you find yourself dealing with healing situations? Because it seems like there's a lot of complex things these days. You know, like you said, trying to figure out what's wrong with an animal. And then how long do you, does it just depend on do do you, can you communicate with any animal that goes or is it just certain ones? Okay. You asked a couple of questions there. So I know, um, I know that was like a, okay, that was no, a no, big no, giant okay. load so of I questions. Want, no, it's fine. I want you to keep track and make sure I got both of them now. Okay. okay. So I'll answer the second one. Um, first, I believe. Um, the, the heal, well, actually, no, we'll go with the healing part first. Okay. I do more animal communication than I do healing. Work. Okay. 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 Yeah, so that's, that's um, but they're integrated. They're integrated together. If somebody calls me and they want to talk, me to talk with their dog, okay? Um, the first question I always ask is how, to the animal is, how are you feeling in your body? Oh, look at you, aren't you pretty? Yeah, cat, I'm looking at your, oh, that's a beautiful dog. Um, you know, how are you feeling in your body? Now, I'm not a veterinarian, okay? Um, so, and I make that clear with every client I talk to, I am not a vet. I'm gonna, not going to trespass into their territory. I'm not qualified. But I can ask him, how are you feeling? It's kind of like when you go to the doctor, um, the doc, that's one of the things that the, 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 the nurse practitioner or whoever comes in and says, okay, tell me how you're feeling. They're getting your perspective. They're not, you know, and then they listen and do all the stuff that nurses do or, nurse, you know, or doctors do, right? But they want your perspective. How are you feeling? I'm asking the animal the same question. How are you feeling in your body? We'll get to the emotional stuff and the other stuff next. But I want to know because the physical body, if, if I get called for a dog that is uh, all of a sudden uh, acting irritable and snapping at people, okay, the first thing I want to know is, is that animal having a physical discomfort of some sort or another? Because if so, they need to get the, the animal to the vet first. Let's deal with the physical first, okay? That's concrete. Um, you know, and animals, depending upon what type of animal you're talking about, like for example, cats will hide. They will hide their discomfort or physical issues until it abs they absolutely can't, okay? Dogs are a little more, again, depending on the breed or combination of breeds, you know, you can get drama queens there too. It's like, <gasps> my paw hurts. Well, they might've like stepped the wrong way. <laughs> You know, the Padangos like that. The Basset Hounds are more like they have to be really, really um, hurting for them to complain. Um, 
So does that help with that? It's like, we always want to know from the animal's perspective, how are you feeling in your body? The human needs to understand that. Okay. Mm -hmm, And they mm -hmm. need to get the animal to the appropriate vet or specialist. Okay. And then we can go into the emotional stuff. Okay. Does that help? Did I, no, you're tracking on the question. So did, what was the other question that I probably haven't answered yet? Oh, I was asking, um, you know, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening will be interested too. Um, how often are you called to talk to pets that have gone and, and what is your experience with that? Okay. Um, actually quite often. All right. Um, in this business, like any other business, you have clients that have been with you for a long time and you have, you know, and they, we don't advertise. Right. So basically it's word of mouth. I, I want, or, you know, we, we get new clients by referrals. All right. Mostly. So um, if we get calls either where the, they're getting ready to help the animal pass or the animals passed and they want to make sure they're okay and that they understand why perhaps they've been put to sleep and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would say a good third of our calls are that, that type of call. And it really, if you think about this, okay, when I'm doing telepathic communication, which is what we do, um, I'm talking to the spirit. I think I made that comment in the intro I sent over. You know, we're talking to the spirit. Right, so or it doesn't matter whether that spirit is still in body or not. Um, and like people, uh, you know, spirits for, that were in human form, um, occasionally what can happen is they can get stuck. They don't make it all the way over. So we want to make sure that if they haven't, you know, we kind of help them along. Monica, I know you probably have run into that. You know, you kind of help them on to the light. Okay, but generally they make it. Um, so when they're in spirit, often clients want to know, did they make it okay? Are they okay? And then do they understand why, if they had to put the animal to sleep, why? Okay. So that's the most frequent type of thing we get with animals that have passed. And, and it's a matter, and it's very important because it's healing for the people. And it's important to the pets and spirit that their people understand that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they find, like, I find that they come back to check on you. And it may be within days or it could be mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. but they, they do come back to check on you because actually what animals are, are your spirit guides. And they have, their purpose is to be with you and to serve you. And if it means making you laugh, or, or putting a comforting paw on your leg when you're dead tired, then that's what they'll do. Or on my case, sitting on my head. Um, <laughs> I've got... Where's the bird, <laughs> Monica? <laughs> yes. Or the bird. That's the other thing. The bird sits on my head. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, are, they, they, make a, they make an appearance. They'll, yeah. they'll make the presence known. And, and they come back as a younger, youthful animal. Yeah, I would say usually around five or so has been my experience. Yeah. They kind of even, they could have been 15 when they passed, but you know, they come back. Um, I don't know, I've had an experience with, I lost a horse about, oh gosh, probably Rusty's been gone about 10 years old, you know, 10 years, okay? And he made a point because, I, you know, sometimes you, you have animals come into your life that are just special. You know, they're all special in their own way. 
and they're all very different and they all, they all do different jobs for you, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, Russ was, uh, I, had, I had lost a horse uh, rather suddenly to, to, to colic and I didn't have a horse for 10 years because I was grieving so much that horse that had passed suddenly and started doing some volunteer work with the rescue, horse rescue. Well, duh. <laughs> and there was this way back, one, you know, sway back, one-eyed, not, you know, big need gelding. <laughs> and I just, you know, we just bonded. It was like, okay, I didn't even have a barn. I didn't have pasture. I lived in a log home in the woods, right? And I didn't have a horse trailer or nothing. <laughs> And, you know, I just looked at him, he looked at me and it's like, he said, you need me and I need you. And that's how I think animals come into our life. And when he passed on, I wasn't ready for a horse for a while. So we, you know, but Terry had her horse and horses are herd animals. So you, right. So we got a border and a, a horse that was a border. And when, uh, and that horse passed away. Okay. He was older too. Um, and what was interesting is that um, Rusty, and to, to Monica's point, Rusty came back and talked to me and he said, you're, you're, it's time. It's time. There's going to be a horse that needs you. Okay. Um, and I went over to where I'd been taking lessons on this little mare and said, I need to borrow a horse for a while because Terry's horse was very high. He's a very high strung horse. He's right brained and he's extroverted and he wasn't used to being alone. He didn't feel safe alone. Okay. And two horses had left him. All right. So, you know, I, I went over to Eddie's and I said, Eddie, I need to borrow a horse. Right. And we walked through the barn and we came to Cheyenne stall, who's the horse I have now. He said, I'll give that one to you. Because he, you know, they didn't, she didn't work out with what they wanted. Of course, did they work with her? Absolutely not. They just threw a saddle on her and said, let's go trail riding. Yeah, no, no. She had been a broodmare. <laughs> you know, and you put an unskilled rider on, you know, and yeehaw, let's go on the trails. And that, that just, she's not a horse you can do that with. So, you know, I said, well, we'll bring, in, bring her and see how she does with, you know, because I knew she was basically a good horse. And she never left. He gave her to me. She is a good horse. She's a wonderful horse. <laughs> She's a great, I mean, she has taught me so much. And, and that's, I think, when animals come into our, and I, Monica, see if you agree or not, but I think when they come in to our lives, whether we plan on it or not, um, there's a reason. They're here to teach us something. And that mare has taught me an awful lot about horses and how to really work with them because I had been brought through the tradition of make you, you, you know, whether it be dogs or horses, you know, you, you, if they don't know what you ask, then you keep applying pressure until they do. I used to do obedience training with a trainer with dogs mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't make this horse do anything. I mean, she's, her personality is such that mm -mm, not going to happen. So I had to use and learn a different approach. So she's been a huge teacher for me. And the dogs we've had have been huge teachers for us. I had to totally shift 
everything I've been taught through doing obedience showing and through working with horses as a kid. I, and thank goodness I was started with horses by a very kind person who didn't like make. So we were taught to ask. So I was taught to ask horses, okay? Um, so I've had animal teachers. And Monica, I know you've got stories too <laughs> with this, but they teach us. They come to us for a purpose. And so it's up to us to figure out that purpose and to listen. Go ahead. Monica, you have any stories about that? Well, I was just thinking about Benson. Um, it's, we had a... Um, uh, a miniature poodle and he was with us for seven years before he passed. Um, he was a show dog and a stud and he was a Can-Am can winner, meaning he'd won Canadian. Canadian, he was a double champion. He was a double champ. But uh, the breeder didn't like the dog because it was only a brown, he carried only brown jeans but he was a spectacular dog, spectacular. She was dying of cancer. She had to get rid of all the dogs in her, in her home. And that was a, a good amount of dogs. We're talking puppies on up. I'm sure. Uh, so we had just bought our house in, 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 in DC and uh, had a yard and came home to look at him and we flew him home. Um, he, was, he was the first dog I've ever had that responded because he was show trained to he taught me how I walk with a dog. He taught me how how we stand and wait at a corner. He taught me that this is, you know, you tell me to take a left, I'll take a left, and it's a it's a sharp left, and and uh, I thought well, this is too easy because the next dog was hell on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a you got a who's a good who's a good training dog. He had a police record, believe it or not. Whoa. <laughs> he kept getting out of the house because he didn't like oh. it there. His owner gave him to his sister and he went to Brazil to dig oil or something and left the dog and the dog was bonded to him and he didn't know why he was left and she put him in a basement. <gasps> so when he'd get out in the yard, he would dig his way out or jump over the fence and they would find him five miles away. <laughs> and the dog would get a fine and be injected because he didn't have any tags on him that said he had rabies shots. I don't know how many rabies shots this dog got, but that's not good for a dog to have that many no. shots in one year. No, It's interesting how much uh, people underestimate how much their, their animal companions want to be with them. I have a friend that lives in Hyde Park that their son took their cat like to I, I don't know where he moved. It was like a 10 minute drive away. And the cat walked all the way back to their house because oh he didn't want to live with the son. He wanted to live with the mm -hmm. parents. And that's yep, a pretty yep. determined cat Absolutely. that walked that far. Yeah, and yeah, I think I, a dog like that. I yeah. fostered a dog that was like that. And uh, she lived in, she lived in Norwood, the edge of Norwood mm -hmm. uh, from Amberley village here. You go downhill mm -hmm. um, on Montgomery road and she got loose from uh, the, the new owner because I had fostered her, somebody, somebody adopted her and she moved to Deer Park. She didn't like it, she walked out the door. He called me, he was just upset. And I said, I think I know where she's going. And I drove my car straight down Montgomery Road asking people if they'd seen 
a mountain cur, a, a, a brindled dog. And they said, oh yeah, she went that way. <laughs> and she ended up on the front steps of the house. She saw me and she went, oh shit. <laughs> so I put the collar on her, put her, popped her in the car and I talked to her on the way home. And I said, you know, honey, he's your new owner. Your mom can't keep you. This is why. And I explained to her why out loud. And, you know, I hope you like him. He loves you. Uh, and she stayed with him after that. This is this is a good segue. Do you have some tips that you could? I'm sure a lot of people listening, um, you know, and and obviously you help communicate. What are some tips that you can recommend for people to communicate better with their animals? Yeah, I was wondering this one as well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that keeping in mind that Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the animal, all right, uh, if it's a dog, you know. Well, really, dogs or cats, either one, you know, remember that they see pictures and remember that they um, really also, you know, when we have emotional reactions to things, we have body chemistry and their smell changes. And particularly, cats use their noses just as much as dogs do. I didn't know that, um, but they do. So they read us. Um, they can tell, and keeping in mind that we also have this frontal lobe in our brain. So our brains are trained that we're going home from work. We're thinking about all the stuff we got to do when we get home and we got to, we got to, you know, um, you know, let the dogs out and we got to, you know, feed the dogs and the cats and we got, you know, we're thinking about all this stuff. Now, when you're gone all day, probably your dog or your cat is sleeping, right? But yet, when you come home, they're up usually and waiting before you hit your driveway. How do they do that? They do it because you're picturing what you're going to do. So you have to be mindful of, you know, if you're going to do a change, like if you're going to move, if you are going to bring, if you're going to have a baby, right, human baby and bring a baby in, or if, if you're going to bring a new pet in, you sit down and talk to them you know, talk to your pets, you know, sit down and just, you know, I know I, I, we tell clients this, you know, that you just sit down, you know, you don't have to be an animal communicator, just talk to them. They're going to pick up your emotions. They're going to see the pictures and, you know, just let them know what's going to happen. If someone passes away, you know, the same thing, you need to just sit down and say, grandma, um, Carol, um, she's no longer in her body. Her spirit's gone home. But she's still connected to us because she loves us and you're still connected to her because you love her. That's the key is the connection doesn't break if the body leaves. As mm-hmm. long as, and, and there's a movie, uh, there's a, um, a movie that we, we try to help clients with this. We recommend they watch it. It's called Coco. Coco? Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really one of the Perfect. best depictions of how, mm-hmm. you know, our spirit goes home that I've seen. It was a really good explanation, okay? And our animals do that. They go home, too, and they wait for us. And if, if um, you know, they've had a human pass out of their lives, um, Monica, you talked about you you and Cindy do some, some fostering. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, animals come come into foster care because their human has passed away. 
that's how we got our big basset. You know, yeah. he, mm-hmm. you know, uh, somebody knew the the people and you know said, hey, I know people that just lost a basset hound because we had our OB passed away, and you know they're basset people and and let's you know let's see if they want it, you know want to give him a home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important is that we if there's going to be a change that we talk to them can they sense when other animals in the household are terminally ill yes yes smell yes they can very easily i mean i mean mean, i'm sure miffy could tell spike was sick and then you know cat your dog i don't know if people treat him differently people dogs do they act like Mm -mm. they treat him differently at all no, they still sit on his head just like all the others would. <laughs> Love it. But I do think that they know, they pick up the, you know, as your body is getting ready to pass, as the body's getting ready to pass, mm-hmm. the body chemistry changes and animals pick up on that. If, you know, as Monica pointed out, they did exactly the right thing. You know, if you can have the animal pass in the home with the other animals, that is the best thing you can do for the others. Um, and and uh, if, if you're not aware in our area, there is an organization called Angel's Paws. Yeah, that's who uh, uh, put my cat down just yes, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, they were really good. They're fantastic they're really good, yeah. and they, mm-hmm. they, will, they come to you. And that's what is so important for us having multiple animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, it's important for everyone to do that. Um, I think if you can, if you have the time, um, uh, sometimes we get contacted after an animal's passed and there are other animals in the home and they want us to talk to the others as well to make sure they understood what happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really, really important as well. So, and again, understanding too that that bond does not break as long as, you, as, as in Coco, they talked mm-hmm. about it, as long as you remember them, the heart connection stays. Mm-hmm. And we do that. Terry and I have had an awful lot of animals together. I mean, and so, you know, we make sure that we look at pictures of animals that we've had together in the past. She, she had a peekaboo when we got together named Nathan. Um, and Nathan would like, he had a heart condition. And he would trot along and then all over, right? So I took him out, took him out to meet the horse, <laughs> meet Rusty. And he's like, boom, 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 and boom. And this is when she and I were first dating, right? So it's like, and it's, the dog fell over. Terry, wow. the dog fell. She said, oh, just give him a minute. He got up and went right over. <laughs> got back up. Gosh. So, you know, so. <laughs> it's funny. That's poor it's dog. Funny story, but it's cool wow. Jesus said to me. I didn't know the dog just fell over. <laughs> the dog right. awesome. So <laughs> I was thinking one of those goats. That will yes, just faint. Yeah, 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 it is like those fainting goats. Yeah. 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 The blood pressure goes up and they keel over. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we, 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 like <laughs> we we were pretty sure Miffy knew what was going on and we let her see. And uh, she seemed she seemed pretty sad for a few days. Not as bad as our cat Boris when um uh our cat our first cat that we had, we had her for 20 years. And I never thought that Boris and Natasha were that close, but after Natasha died, I know they're, they're, uh, Boris actually went downhill quickly after that. Like he sat in the room after she passed for hours by himself, which he never did. And it hit him really hard. Well, they depend on each other. You know, they have different jobs. Animals have jobs in your, in your house. Mm -hmm. Or animals have jobs in your life if you're not living in a stable with a horse. Um, so, 
you know, that's the thing. They have, they have, they, they each do different things. So you know, each of our cats does something different for us, and each of our dogs does something different for us. Okay. Um, my, you know, so you need to understand that and and honor that. Okay. Um, TJ's a sighthound, or well, Badango's a sighthound. So he endlessly, when we moved to the suburbs here, I mean, we used to live in the country. Our driveway was 250 yard, you know, feet long. It was, you know, they didn't see traffic on the street, right? Mm-hmm. Hence, the suburbs. He didn't know that people were allowed on the sidewalk. He didn't know that people, cars were allowed on the road. He didn't know. But that's his job. He's a sighthound. He's going to tell us about everything that happens out there. (laughs) And so, yeah, that points out something else that, you know, if we do take an animal to a different environment, we do need to understand, first of all, if they are purebred, what is their, what are they bred for? Okay. If they're a mix, try to guess (laughs) as best you can, you know, what you might have there. Um, And these days you can do DNA testing and find out. you know, but, but also kind of trying to figure out what do they think their job is for you, right? Yeah. Um, our 60 pound Bassett is our, is our couch potato. He is our, he's our cuddler. He cuddles. He loves to just be with his people and cuddle with his people. TJ is the squirrel. He's the you know, <laughs> right squirrel, you know. Um, he's that, right? And, but that's what he's bred for, right? Um, and you know, Lucas is just happy if there's food in the house somewhere. He he is <laughs> and lays in the kitchen. If we let him, he would lay in the kitchen all day. <laughs> you know, because every time you walk in there, you're gonna feed him, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't funny. understand that. He's almost 14 years old. He doesn't understand these things. He still, but but he was starved when he was young. Aww. So again, understanding, you know, Monica with working with rescues. You know, animals that come in to rescue, understanding the background, if you can, helps because we know why Lucas is so food motivated. We know because he was starving. Mm-hmm. You know, Bo yeah. just is a basset hound. I like food. <laughs> okay. That's, you know, he just likes his food. He was pretty obese when we got him. So obviously his people fed him a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so he's like, on, you know, no, that's not good for a long back dog. That's the other thing in understanding your breed or mix of breeds is you don't let dogs that have really long backs and short legs get fat because you end up with back issues. I don't care if it's a dachshund or a basset or, you know, whatever, you know, you have to understand what you have and what, how to be healthy. (laughs) Bassets and dachshunds are dwarfs. Mm -hmm, They are mm -hmm. physically dwarfs. So they have these misshapen legs and the, the body is right. Yeah, so you, you have to understand what you have and, and letting a dog like that get heavy is just, you know, you're shortening their life for one thing, right? It just, you know, it causes all kinds of issues. So have you ever seen, uh, and this is kind of a weird question, have you ever seen like a presence around somebody that manifested as a as an animal companion leader? Like, do people ever have a spirit around them that becomes so reincarnation oh, yeah. of animals does happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I, I mean, like maybe one that hasn't been a companion before, but becomes one. Like, do you ever see like someone in the waiting room, if you will? That's a great way of putting it. 
Um, I, I have not experienced it that way. What I have experienced is an animal that has passed sending another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I have had that happen with clients and it's been very, very clear that, you know, they, they weren't looking for another dog and lo and behold, they visited a friend and the, the, their, their female, whatever, just had a litter and they were drawn to this puppy. Well, we don't want another dog. We said we were not going to get another dog for pop, 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 pop. Um, there you have it. Okay, you're drawn. It's supposed to happen. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Um, our we've we've had bassets. I have had bassets for a while now, and the first one wandered down our driveway. Okay, literally in the country, and um, he he picked the next one. Okay, so they do come through. It's like the, the uh, we had a dog named Obi, a, a basset named Obi, he was a red and white. And I am convinced the first bow sent Obi mm. because we needed that steady eddy kind of co- common sense, low key presence in our house. We needed mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. so the first bow sent us Obi. It reminds me of, uh, 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 I'm with the Greater Cincinnati Bird Club, um, which is different than the Birders Club. The Bird Club is with domesticated birds. So we talk parrots a lot. So uh, we were talking about um, how this one woman acquired this cockatoo. Mm -hmm. She said that she had just gotten home. She lived in the country and um, Indiana. And she said, and I have a long driveway. And she said, I saw something white on the dirt road. And I thought, well, that's different. And I'm washing my dishes and it's coming closer. And I see it's a bird. And I go, wait a minute, what's a bird doing it like that? She realized it was a cockatoo and she threw the dishes down, ran outside and um, slowly walked up to the bird. And the bird was not startled by her, just walked directly up to her, sat on her foot, she put her hand down, he got up, and he started saying, cracker, cracker. <laughs> and she said, really I feel, she said, I feel that this bird was sent to me, even though I'm sure he was let loose, he got loose. She said, I put up signs, nobody's seen this bird, nobody knew about this bird. So that's how she got this cockatoo. And uh, it was a talker and it was a lover and it, would, it loved to play games and, and basketball. So, you know. The bird played basketball, but that's that's how she got her bird. It just wandered down, and it it, it found her. And I'm convinced wow. that a lot and of the like animals I've had found me for a yeah. reason. They they Aww. do, right? And each one has a gift. Don't you agree, Monica? Each one has I do. a gift yeah. that they give to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All my dogs happen to be humorists, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, um, Monica, is that you know? I mean. Does that surprise you since they had to separate you and I in class because <laughs> we would get in trouble? Sure. So how, how did you guys have that's supposed to be quiet? <laughs> how did you how did you guys meet? Did you did you have you kind of become uh, educated as mediums together or yes, we were in the same class. Oh, oh <laughs> neat, neat. Okay. Yeah, and I were all in the same class. Yeah. Oh we neat. Yeah. We have a we have a we had a large class and uh, a very talented class at that um, that that we have and one I, Mary Francis up in Middletown, she's 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 got a gift, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, we, we met each other there and developed our skills. Uh, and in a lot of cases, it wasn't very difficult to develop your skills. You just sort of fell into it. It was like falling into a nice pool and you know how to swim already, um, having never swum before. It's amazing. Um, That's it's so amazing, interesting. It's an amazing experience to go through. But I met all these wonderful people who held all these wonderful gifts. And so nobody could hide their thoughts because everybody knew what everybody else was thinking. <laughs> oh, wow, I wouldn't like that. Really cool. <laughs> well, you know, people I... were telling you what you were thinking, right? Your people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah we had people like our, our people just dropping in. And so we would have repeat drop-ins mm-hmm. yes. in class, like, right? The dead people, yeah. The dead people. Oh, that's so in. interesting. Yeah. And they would and come I... back again. No, again. it's not interesting. It's annoying. Well, that's it's so mean, annoying. So, so do you have, Kat, do you ha- ever experience that? You said it's annoying. Oh, I did when I was younger. Um, I have since learned how to block a lot of it out or I get a bunch of random strangers walking through wherever I was going, hey, can you help me? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to do my homework. That's, just, that's so, so amazing <laughs> because I've never had an experience like that. And so I'm always so impressed by people that do. And, and yeah. I don't know, I guess some people are, is it just a question of being more open to it or? I, it, it's, you, it, I think it just is, I don't know. I've met people like you too, Monica and Cindy, who have gone to classes. And then there's people like me that just bop around life going, well, I see dead people sometimes. Well, I'll tell you, Kat, that um, I didn't just go to class because it was I went to an medium mediumship event, the Vision Victory of Light, mm-hmm. and um, the reason I went there was because I'd been having the experiences like you you've just said, uh, similar, uh, and uh, a lot of those um, were related to my parents, my mm-hmm. mom, my dad. My dad passed before I moved out here, and um, uh, I knew he was about ready to pass because I had a dream of my house that I grew up in floating up to heaven at night. And I can see my father looking out at me, you know, you know, sort of lit by the wind, by the light in the window. And, and I said, don't let him go yet. Don't wait, wait, dad, wait. And it stopped. The house stopped at a star. And I said, oh good, he's going to wait for me. And I woke up and I said, I've got to go see my dad. He's dying. And indeed he was, he passed two weeks later. No. So that was my first experience in a long time. I experienced stuff like that as a kid. So I knew I'd had these experiences and I relayed this to eventually my teacher, Joanne Francina. And she, she said, well, that's, that means that you've got potential. You've got the gift. You probably should, you can hone those skills. She said, but everybody has those skills. Mm-hmm. They just need to open themselves to it. Christina. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe so. So, is it just that I'm not open enough? Is is there? Well, your brain is always working, and if you have, yeah. you know, and at night when you sleep, your brain is probably still working out problems of what you've done over the day with your work, mm-hmm. your illustrations and stuff. But mm-hmm. you've got to take a moment to set your, to slow your brain down, and so that meditation, uh, or or even just closing your eyes for uh, a while, just to close your eyes and shut everything out. Uh, just blocks everything and then if you're not 
focusing on all the noise in your head, then you're open to receiving. So that you might try something like that, um, just just for the the gift of of uh, recuperation for your for your brain. Yeah, to... I would agree. That terrifies the... me. What's it, that? It's really not as scary as yeah. I don't want to talk to dead as. people though. I didn't either. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't either because for me, I, I love animals. They've always been mm-hmm. much better companions to me than, than people. Mm-hmm. But my dad died when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm daddy's girl. So I would go up to the cemetery and sit and talk to my dad. And it's just something that I've always done through my adult life. And a f- when I started doing the animal communication, really started exploring uh, psychic stuff, I noticed that when I would talk to my dad, he started talking back. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, then. You know, and, and, and again, I could see him. I mean, yeah. I could see him. He wasn't sitting on his gravestone or anything, but I mean, I could see him in my mind. And my mom passed about three years ago. So um, now this uh, funny story real quick. My mother is devout Catholic or was a devout Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So she has the talk with me before she passes. And she says she was going to get cremated because the Catholic church doesn't allow those things now. Um, And she said, now what I want you to do, because my my dad died when I was 19. She actually remarried. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he died because he was the same age as my dad. Why she did this, I don't know. She was younger. Um, Like older men, who knows? But anyway, um, she said, this is what I want you to do. She said, I want you to take half the ashes and put them in the crematorium with her second husband. And I want you to take the other half of the ashes back to Ohio. And I want you to have them buried with your dad. Wow. (laughs) I'm going, this is my devout Catholic. Do you know that she said, we cannot tell the priest. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot tell the priest. (laughs) But I'm like, you know, I think even someone like my mom, right, that was very devout, strict Catholic, um, understood that her intention was that she wanted to be with both these people in spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was her way of translating that, thinking that somehow if you divided the ashes up, that that would happen. Um, and, and my stepdad had been married before as well, and his wife passed away. So my first image of them, when we, we, we started doing exercises of mediumship, you know, one of the things I did is I tried to reach out to my parents. And I asked my, my mom, I said, well, do you see dad or do you just see Vic or what? And she said, Vic was my stepdad. And she said, oh, well, he, you know, Vic and Irene and, and Bob is my dad and, and I, we have tea <laughs> and we play cards. She nice. You know, I said, that is so cool because, you know, I knew Irene and Vic growing up. They were my aunt and uncle, so to speak. They weren't biologically, but they were friends of, it's a long story. They were all in Hawaii during World War II. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, my mom was raised in Kauai. So, oh, that's um, so interesting. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, so that, <laughs> you know, I think we all have this sense in the back of our mm-hmm. minds. We want everything to be logical, especially I think we Americans mm-hmm. want to have this, everything has to make sense and da, 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 da. But down deep, I think we know 
mm-hmm. that there's a connection and there it doesn't go away. It's a connection of spirit. It doesn't go away when the body goes away. What you're really, right. really learning is what you what what you're really saying is what um, the ancients have been doing for generations. I mean, you know, Japanese ancients, Native American ancients, and they all mm-hmm. had that. They all spoke to their relatives on the other side, in, mm-hmm. on the other plane. They they knew how to do that and honor and respect. The Aztecs had the Day of the Dead uh, mm-hmm. to honor the dead. So you know, it's 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 true. That could be a whole other mm-hmm. show about why oh, yeah. things have gotten away from that. Why do you think that the society well, has gotten away Well, it's not everywhere that's gotten away from it. But well, it's in Japan, like, well, you go to your, you have the... Um, spirit, of, and in China too, where they have the spirit houses and you give the money to your right. relatives well, no, and stuff. Well, yeah, they're, they're spirit houses. Like my host yeah. family would go see, say hello to everybody who had passed away every morning uh, mm-hmm. to the family altar that was in the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would help bring the oranges. Oh, but actually, that does go to a certain question that I got. So earlier today, I posed to um, my friends and on Facebook asking for oh ghost stories about pets and whatnot, and did not get a lot of answers. But I did get one question um, saying that she saw a lot of her past pets returning in dreams. So mm-hmm. is this something that you have had? Yeah. Yeah. reported yeah. to you before yes. uh-huh. yeah. um, can i add something to that sure um along that line do you ever see uh the same animal like returning in another like to the same person like their spirit returning to the same person yes in a different body yeah, yeah. okay we've experienced that ourselves as well like the bow we oh, have okay. now mm-hmm. is an awful lot like that original bow that walked down the driveway and okay so he even looks a lot like him so it's is that you know the way i look at it is more that the original spirit found that spirit and said they need you again because he came to us in a really roundabout way um so i think that you know spirits will not necessarily recycle back in they can all right um like I said, this bow is an awful lot like the first one, um, but I think he's also a distinct spirit. Okay, um, but I firmly believe that animals can recycle. I call it recycling; they recycle into uh, a new body and come back to us if they if they haven't done their work entirely with us. They come back to us. Okay, the uh, the 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 I had one horse that passed away. Didn't have a horse for ten years. This, the, the one that came, the one-eyed, sway-backed, you know, God love him, um, was not that horse that passed away before, but the horse that passed away, that spirit sent that horse when I was ready. Mm-hmm. He okay. sent the right horse. And that horse sent the mare I have now. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. There's a theory called soul groups. Yes. which is you don't have soul mates you have soul groups so there'll be a group of different spirit it could be animal it could be human um that you'll just naturally get along with and so this could be an idea of not necessarily the same spirit coming back but somebody from the same soul group coming over to say yes I see that. that explains me and cindy right there <laughs> 
Well, you and your Cindy, not Miss Cindy. Your your Cindy. No, you're Cindy. You. <laughs> Me. Okay. All right. Where did we figure that out? We figured that you, out in class. We figured that out in class. Yeah. That, oh, there's, a, that there's a connection oh. to a, yeah. our to each of us. I like the concept. So my mom was raised Catholic, but she converted to Buddhism when she was in her 30s. So I was raised predominantly with Buddhist uh, ideology or ideas. And my favorite one from that is reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And she used to tell me that, you know, your dog may die, but if they're a really good soul, they can come back as, I don't know, your sister, or they'll come back as a human in their next life because they were great. They were good in the, their mm -hmm. previous life. So I always kind of liked that idea, but she also used to tell me that my mom could have been my best friend in a previous life, or, you know, that the same souls do find each other, but like, I could have been someone's mom or brother or dog. I used to tell mom, mm -hmm. I was a dog. <laughs> Either I did or my brother, it was one of us, but I always kind of, I love that idea that you can be reincarnated with the same, with the same souls that yeah. you're always connected. You're always connected to family and friends, yep. your circle of friends. You're always connected and you're always coming back in a different role, but with the same spirit. Yep. Well, that's really interesting. And uh, we yeah. probably should get close to wrapping up. Did we want to do a quick reading of some kind? Is uh, that... If somebody's got a picture, we can certainly do that. Or Monica, do you want me to talk? Who, who have you got there? I got Scooter. You want to talk to Scooter? Is that Scooter? Oh, this is Crash. This is Crash. This is Crash. I call him Crash. He crashes <laughs> into the mirror. He forgets about that mirror at the end of the hall and he says so um, he, he likes it there. He says he finds the birds very, he, he used the term weird. And notice his, <laughs> eyes, are you notice his eyes are blinking. Mm -hmm. That's how you can often tell an animal is communicating. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so Crash, what do you like about living there? What do you like about living there? They cuddle me a lot, he says. They cuddle me a lot. And it's a he, right? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he says, they cuddle me a lot. He says, and I get to be on the furniture. And he says, they tell me I'm really cute and pretty. And he says, um, it's nice for people to, to know that I'm cute and pretty because I know I'm cute and pretty, but <laughs> people didn't tell me that before a lot and they do. And I like that a lot. And, and he says, and I really, really like the couch a lot. He says, and he said, the birds, he said, they're, I like the birds, but they need to stay in their cages because um, some of them are almost as big as me. Yes. <laughs> and he, says, um, he says they they look at me kind of funny, like they they he said they kind of turn and look at me with one eye, and then they turn and look at me with the other eye. He said, and they don't look very happy, so I don't think they really want to see me too much. Well, yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. He says um, now, is it a brother or sister that's with him? Brother. It's his brother, and they mm -hmm. came together, right? They came together. And they always lived together. Uh, yes, the two. They're two years um, old. Okay, they. Okay, this really ties into what we were talking about before. All right, because they travel together. In oh, and good. out of body. All right, in okay. and out of body. So they travel mm -hmm. together. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So were you always dogs? 
He said, no, he said, once, once we were horses and we didn't like that at all. He said, so we, we got out of that real quick. <laughs> said, People aren't always nice to horses. I said, well, I know, especially oh, oh. depending on when you were horses. Yeah, mm-hmm. things have changed a little bit. Um, okay, so um, yeah, all right. So he said, this time around is better. <laughs> he looks content. Yeah. Very. Um, <laughs> he says, um, there's one bird, Monica, that he is just like, does not like. Oh, that um, would be Cookie. Huh? Cookie. Oh, the, okay. The yeah, he said, yeah. He said, I don't want to be anywhere near that one. That one's not afraid of me at all. It does not have proper respect for me. And, and it's, so it's not says, that big. The thing is, it's the short side matter. higher. Mo- Monica, energy field. Big right. energy field. Right. Well, he does. He does do that. He does do that. Whoops. Yeah. He does right. he does pop out and he scares the head? Oh yeah. Out he just he makes himself really in the energy yeah. he ends yeah. out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling this little guy is is that he just needs to keep his energy real steady and just mm-hmm. send a thought that that bird is not allowed to to, to hurt you in any way. Okay. And I also want to tell you guys, little one, yes, that you know what? Yeah. But your moms, I know your moms, and they are very good at keeping their everybody in their house safe. So they will keep the birds safe from you and you safe from the birds. Okay. So you gotta trust your moms. Okay. You gotta trust your moms. He, he looks he reassured. Yes. He nodded. Yeah. He did not. Thank you. <laughs> hey Christina, what let's let's see if we can get something on your cat. Oh, do you want I I, I could share screen with a picture? Yeah, that's fine. Let's do that. Let me see if I can find. Can- can I ask a question real quick? Ask a question while I get that picture up. So the other day, this was last weekend, I was kind of half in, wake, I was kind of waking up and I heard a very loud meow. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like it was coming from my living room, but mm-hmm. my cat was asleep at the foot of my bed. What could that have been? Do you think? I think that... Uh, one possibility in my mind, again, mm-hmm. is remember they visit, they come back. So mm-hmm. um, either A, it's a cat that has lived with you at some point in your life, or B, it's a cat that has lived in that, that place at one time or another. Okay. Because they, they sometimes, um, I've had clients where, you know, they moved into an apartment, for example, okay? Mm-hmm. And their cat is looking, and that's a really good thing for me to put, if you have a cat or a dog, uh, cats in particular are really good at this. If your cat starts looking up in the corner of a room, up by the ceiling, you have a visitor. Especially if there's eye and there's no bugs in the room. You have to make sure there's no bugs in the room, right? So it's not like a fly or something, but they'll look and their eyes will start going back and forth and their ears, well, you know, they do radar ears and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so pay attention. If that happens, pay attention because you've got a visitor. Okay. okay. Could be human. Sure. Could be somebody who lived in. And she can address it, couldn't she? She could address it at the yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We do. Right? Now, this was a new house. Yeah. Um, but we had an instance where we lived in a log home before we had built on property, mm-hmm. and fortunately, what we did not know is we built on uh, an Indian, uh, where in an Indian tribe had lived, um, and they were very ancient, like pre Adena, and um, they we're not, uh, we had a friend, I, I had a roommate for a while that was not um, 
she's not a believer in any of this and she was kind of closed off person and they didn't like her and they made it really really clear they didn't like her and i could hear them you know you can't understand the language but you get the emotion and it was like that person needs to leave that person is not welcome here wow that's pretty wow. amazing yeah. all right so i'll share screen or, or... Yes, please. okay let's see if it's oh, there there that's spike oh, it's spike now is spike and body or not no. yeah, spike he... gone spike is, is spike okay so let me just let me get my master teacher uh, can you go find this one for me please okay yeah wake up yes you have to do a decent <laughs> yeah uh, monica's metahote yes good. would you yes. please this cat please okay and again what is the name spike spike okay oh my gosh he is gorgeous um he is just you know how cats have a presence all right this cat had a huge presence because he is strutting up and the tail is up with question mark and he's just boom, 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 and he's sitting down the tail like yes and you want what <laughs> your mom wants to talk to you so do you have a question for him do you have questions for spike well i mean we just we just hope that he didn't feel i mean he was in a lot of pain yeah so spike um yeah did you hear what your mom said he says well he says um you know we we get attached to our families he says and and Sometimes cats don't always say or show that they're real attached to their families. He said, but I was very attached to my family. He says, but I knew it was time. He said, you know, you humans don't understand this. He says, um, the body is simply a container. He says, and, and you humans get so attached to that. And he says, um, but you know, we, we don't as much. He said, and I, you know, cats of course are much better at this than dogs. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'll honor that opinion. And um, yes, okay. Um, my dog might have something else to say about that, but I'm sure my cats would agree with you. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So he says that we we understand that this can, this body is not our only existence. He says animals understand this. He says. Um, Humans have to like put it in logical form and, and make rules around it, he said. But, but, you know, we animals, most of the time, we remember. He says, I knew where I was going. I knew where my spirit was going. He said, I was just going to go home. He said, and, and, and did I want to leave my family? No, I didn't want to leave my family. But at the same time, I know that I'm still with my family. You know, he says, you know, you, you told earlier. He was listening, by the way. He said, you told early here, he says, as long as they remember me and I remember them, we're still together. They just can't, um, they don't have to pick cat hair off their clothes anymore. That's all. But, you know, it, it's, it's fine. He said, it's fine. I'm always with her. I'm always with them. Um, do you, Christina, do you have a young one, a young child? Um, no, just cats. Just cats? Okay. But we just got two little cats. He says, well, I know. He says, and you know, they're babies. He said, what can I tell you? <laughs> he said, they're babies. He said, but you know, he said the one in particular, and I don't know which one it is, he says it's going to be um, a lot like him in the sense of, of being um, caretaker of the family. 
Um, he says the other one is going to be more your entertainment. Um, I can believe said, that. They're going to be very different. He said they're going to be very different. He says, but I'm instructing. He says you need both. He said, and I'm instructing the one on how to be the caretaker of the family. He says because the one has to take care of everybody, and the other one has to to make sure that everybody feels loved and laughs. He says, mm -hmm. so they're going to have very different roles in the family. He said, um, you know, I, I wasn't so much fun, you know, funny when I was older. He said, I, my back hurt. Um, he That's said, possible. Yeah, he said, my back hurt and I couldn't. He used to like to do something where he'd get over on his belly and do silly things. Yeah, he used to, he used to lie on his back and like pray. He'd do like yeah. this praying motion. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't so do he that, yeah, so much when he got older. Yeah, he said when he got older, he couldn't do that because he said that was my trick that made everyone smile at me. Mm -hmm. He said yeah. he loved that. You know, so he, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're watching over your family? Good, 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 good. And he's teaching the one, the one how to be a caretaker. So what other questions do you have? Anything? You want to tell him anything? He can hear you, by the way. Uh-huh. So, you know, you can tell him anything you want. He'll hear you. Oh, well, we really miss him. Huh? We really miss him. He says, I know. He said, I wish that I could, um, I wish you could see me. He says, um, I don't quite know how to do that yet. I mean, I can see him in my head, but um, I also use in the picture. So he's coming. That's a good thing to, to point out. Um, they will come in the form that we knew them in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Even though souls recycle, if you will, or come back into different bodies. Um, they will, when we talk with them, whether you're a psychic medium talking to someone that you knew in human form, or whether you're talking to an, uh, someone that, that spirit that you've known in animal form, they're going to present themselves as young form of themselves. So, you know, for example, um, that old horse I had when I talked to him on the other side, he had two eyes. He looked like he was five years old. He was stunning. Okay, they oh, wow. uh -huh. three to five years, three to five years old. So that's what this cat's doing as well. Mm -hmm. Is just well, we, like, you know, very, very elegant. This, this animal, this cat is very elegant. Yeah, He's he was, very, a, we called him a gentleman's gentle cat. Yeah, he just- He liked to bring us clothing. Yes. Oh. And he's, the tuxedo fits, he says, you know, the tuxedo. Yeah, he would join us for dinner, but not beg for food. He would sit at yeah. the table with us. Well, he had to, you know, participate yeah. in the family social time yeah yeah um, he very much did not see himself as being a cat he understood he was a cat but he didn't see himself as less than human oh well that was obvious yeah. <laughs> well i don't know i mean some cats are most you know a lot of cats are like that but not all uh -huh. right? so you know uh he definitely felt he was on even kill with you and and and, and your housemate so um yeah what else would you like to say to your mom? He says that he, just for you to trust that the two new ones are going to be fine. Um, and to not expect them, not expect them to be like him, he says, because he's totally a unique spirit. Um, but that he is, you will have a part of his, and I'm putting this in ask, you know, quotes here, double quotes, a part of him will come through and the one he's really working with to be the caretaker, okay? okay. So well, I remind you more of him than the other. What were you saying, Monica? I think it's Bob. I got a picture of Bob. Oh, interesting. 
I, I don't know. Uh, Bob is, the, I think, is Bob the, the Siamese? Yeah. Uh-huh. Tail. Bob has a has a has a clipped off tail, Cindy, and uh, Bob is a Siamese mix. Whereas, um, what's the other name? Conan. Uh, Conan. Conan is 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 uh, an orange marmalade. Yeah, they're brothers though. They're from the same litter, which I find amazing. But I think it's Bob. But so keep an eye on Bob. I will. I will. I mean, we'll keep an eye on both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 when you dream, you know that you, you your your dreams will have pitter patters feet running through them, and that's him too. Mm -hmm. um, so be 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 aware of that when you dream. And you can also say, "I'd like to see you." Mm -hmm. in dreams sometime and maybe he will flourish and make himself known yeah i mm -hmm. see them out of the corner of my eye like uh -huh. you know like one of my first experiences with it again the, the big black dog gaylord um mm -hmm. he had passed and i looked out my back door of my old house one day and it was snowing out and i saw him running in the snow in the backyard and i'm like what how did he get out there <laughs> how did he get out there you know what is he doing in the backyard? I did not let him out. And it's like, Cindy, he died. He, he's, he's gone. He died. Wow. I saw him clear as day, running in the snow, in the backyard, doing what he always used to do when it snowed, which is try to buck the snowflakes off his back. Okay. Wow. So they will just, and I wasn't thinking about him. I wasn't trying to see him. It's before I got into all this stuff. And but there he was. Mm -hmm. So wow, that's sometimes so cool. you set that intention that you know you you are open for them to visit, mm -hmm. and you're open in whatever form. It, uh, Monica mentioned dreams. Um, I see him, like I said, out of the corner of my eye, real quick. Um, or you, you know, they're going to pick whatever way you're comfortable. I think, mm -hmm. don't you, Monica? Yeah, they do. They pick whatever way is comfortable. They can, they can materialize because their energy is so so heavy in the um, place they once lived that their energy remains to a point. And so that, that spiritual energy vibrates really high and uh, comes across as perhaps a, a, a blurry image mm -hmm, a shadow, mm -hmm. or, or a, a, whole, a whole image of the animal itself. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple had, um, uh, they were videotaping their child on the floor and they had just moved in or they had had lost their dog recently and so as they're videotaping they videotape the image of this dog walking down the hall past the camera over to the food bowl and disappearing oh and wow it's on film echo it's on film and That's and cool. they had no no idea that this could happen there you go. Your energy stays here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I'm going to have to to kind kind of sign off because my battery is low. Oh no! Oh no! Oh uh, no! What about Cat? Uh, you've got your dog friend there behind you. Okay, so yeah, Chewy is behind me, but I also have Wheatley. Wheatley, come on, buddy. Come on. Oh. There we go. Oh my goodness! Talk about contrast. Okay. This is my big boy. Aww. This is my young pup. Okay, so hi, Wheelie. Who's, yeah. who's the one in your you lap? Have anything you want to say besides licking her face? All right. So who's in your lap? This is Wheatley. Wheatley. 
Wheatley. Oh, I'm sorry, I sat on your foot. And then the other one is who? It's Chewy, Chewy like Chewbacca. Okay, gotcha. I'm gonna write it down because my memory is like Chewbacca. Okay, got oh Chewbacca. Okay, all right, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, good, she's plugging hey, in. I'm plugging in, plugging. Yay! <laughs> Wheatley. Hi, bud. You want to talk to me for a minute? He doesn't have to look at me, hon. It's fine. I, what I do want um, is for you to say something that'll pop up on your screen. You'll get bigger. I need to see him a little bit better. Did you hear that? <laughs> Hi, guys. No, no, no. Well, Sorry, what did you say? Okay, she wants well, to see you talk so that she can see you're bigger on the Zoom. Yeah, I want, I want to see. Yeah, I want to see his face, my can. Either okay. one. No one wants to talk to me to show the face. Guys, boys. to play. Come back. Both boys, right? Yep. I thought so. <laughs> okay. Who wants to talk to me? Okay. You want to do it. Okay. This is Chewy. Hi, sweetheart. That's a big boy. Wow. That's a beauty. Hi, right. He's our two year old. He One said, of them. It's my turn. He says, My turn. He says, I want to do this. He said, because you need to understand that I'm very important too. And, and, and I'm a big boy and I'm smart and, and I don't care what, what, what um, the other one says. He said, I, I don't care what Wheatley says. I am, I am very smart. He said, I'm just also a lot cuter. And, and, uh, and he says, and, and he said, but I want to learn something new, mom. I want to learn something new. He said, I get, I get in trouble when I'm not learning things. So what kinds of things do you want to learn? What kinds of things do you want to learn, Chewy? Hi, Monica. What kinds of things do you want to learn, Chewy? Well, he says, um, I want, oh, okay. He says he wants to learn to do some things like, um, yeah, okay. So jump over things or what? What, can you tell me? He, he likes to strut his stuff. So that's one thing he loves to go out where people can see him and tell him how pretty he is. Okay, so that's what <laughs> he likes to try his stuff. Um, the other thing with him is he would love to do something like, um, I, I, I'm, he might really be interested in agility, mm -hmm. you know, doing obstacles because, mm -hmm. and he, he's all about, he's very social. He's all about, he wants people to know how smart he is. He wants people to know how pretty he is. And he he's a dog that you're gonna have to keep busy, mom. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to be doing things with this one. I mean, you really have to be doing things with him. Um, so anything you can do in the way of making sure he gets enough exercise, first of all, but I don't care, you know, take him, teach him to be a Frisbee dog, teach him to do obstacle courses, teach him. Um, he needs exercise, really needs exercise a little bit more than the other one does. Mm -hmm. I don't get that quite so much with, with uh, Wheatley as I do with Chewy. Chewy is a little busy bee. Yes, he is. Very little busy. He's a very, very busy bee. But that's good. You know, it just means it's a challenge for you as mm -hmm. a human to keep that, you know, keep that occupied and channeled in a good direction. Because if you don't, he's going to find things to do that you may not like. Not out of being right. a sticker, but rather... Because he just needs to be busy. He needs to be mentally engaged and physically engaged, both. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
He loves his people. He loves to cuddle. He loves to be petted. He loves, but he needs to, he's a doer. Mm-hmm. Definitely a doer. So you've got to keep him involved in stuff. And, and, you know, right now it's hard because of COVID, but um, depending upon where you live, um, there are uh, dog, you know, obedience clubs all over the place that teach basic obedience and then go into um, agility stuff and obstacles. And what I've found um, with, with dogs like this, and this is a lot like our little one, okay? Busy, 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 right? So I've been able to teach him some stuff here, but of the three of ours, he's the one that needs to get out and walk. He needs to go in the car truck. He needs to go, he needs to learn things. And as soon as things open back up, he's, he's 10 years old, but he's going to obedience class because he needs to learn. And I think he'd be really great and enjoy agility. I don't want to show him. I don't want to show him. I'm not into that anymore, but I want him to be able to keep busy mm-hmm. and, and do things and have a purpose. He really needs purpose. This dog needs purpose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, so anything you can do to give him a job, let me ask him. So, so, Chewy, what do you think your job is in your family? What is your job? You need to keep on top of things. Why? He said, well, you know, somebody has to, and he, um, Wheatley, he, he says that Wheatley's not quite as on, on things as on, on top of things as this guy is, as Chewy mm-hmm. is. So he kind of looks out for him too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but he says um, he's learning to be a really good watcher. And he's, he's teaching um, Wheatley that that can be something that he can do too, is watch. He said, because sometimes I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, sometimes Wheatley needs a nap. So um, it's okay. We can do it together. He says, mm-hmm. but, but, but he really likes to get out and walk. And, and he, I'm not saying he's good at walking on a leash, but he likes to go out. He's right. very social. Mm-hmm. very very social um i you know let me ask okay wheatley what wheatley says well i like people too just not the same he says i don't have to be so yeah wheatley doesn't feel quite like he needs to be a center of attention whereas chewy does does that make sense to you oh yeah okay i mean it just some dogs don't need that some dogs aren't that social or extroverted um but they're also very closely bonded. Did they come together or they, did you get one and then uh, the other? Well, no, they're nine years apart in age. Okay. Uh, but the fun thing is, is Wheatley is Chewy's uncle. Well, that's really cool. Wow. Let me ask him if they know that. <laughs> that's you know, good. You guys know you're related to each other? Um, Wheatley says, well, I thought something was strange. (laughs) (laughs) Wheatley's got a sense of humor. Wheatley has got got a very dry sense of humor. Yes, he does. And he's very, um, he's going to talk too. He's he's content to kind of get in the background a little bit and let, you know, Chewy get in front and be the puppy thing and and all extrovert. Um, But Wheatley says for you to know that he's also teaching. 
is mm -hmm. teaching. Um, Chewy, that there are responsibilities in being a family dog, okay? And Wheatley is aware that he's older, okay? Um, he doesn't see that he's leaving anytime soon, right? But he says, I have a lot to teach this one. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm explaining to him that Chewy, even though he's two, is that right? Two? Yeah. Even though Chewy's two years old, in his head, he's younger. And Wheatley's like, oh, I know. So he has to teach, he teach him in a, in a, a, a what I'm telling him is Wheatley is to teach Chewy in small little pieces, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Wheatley, you take things and you break them down into little parts and teach him one part at a time. And then you try to put two parts together and then three parts and then you have to teach him like that because his brain doesn't work like yours does. And plus he can't focus like you can. He's too young yet. Yeah, he's too young. Okay. Um, give him something to do though, please, for your own sanity. <laughs> yeah. Give that dog something to do. Um, it, you know, you can, you can start, I mean, he would be a great dog to teach tricks to. Mm -hmm. And so you can get him out and about and into maybe a, an obedience school or something like that. You know, if you decide to do that, by the way, you have every right to go and watch how the teachers teach. Oh yeah. Right? No, I mean, just, just know, you, you, and you, you in fact should do that. Um, mm -hmm. This comes from somebody who did a lot of obedience stuff and, and, and showed dogs in obedience. Um, uh, you know, and you're gonna resonate with somebody so go and, and check them out. What area of town are you in? So we live in Oakley. We live in Oakley. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's down that way. If you were out, see, if you were out um, in north, northeastern area, the city, mm -hmm. Circle Tail is, 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 is where we've taken, we used to live out there also. But uh, we've taken uh, a couple of dogs through her training and she's very, very good. And she's very kind, mm -hmm. um, but you're gonna resonate with somebody, but go visit some of the, the dog training clubs in the area. And the other thing is that, I'm talking to your dogs too, but the way in which dogs are taught now is really different mm -hmm. than when I was doing obedience work. Um, so it's a lot more getting the dog's mind engaged. And with that one, you better get the brain, okay? Yeah. And, but you, again, you got to do it in real small little, because his ability to focus for more than five seconds is like, you know, and that's where typically he's young. You know, mm -hmm. you're used to, you're used to Wheatley. <laughs> Wheatley is a mature dog. Yeah, he is. And Wheatley came in being more of a mature soul than Chewy. Chewy is a young soul. Do you understand what we were talking about oh. recycling earlier? The souls recycle. Okay, you know, they, souls, you know, gain wisdom as they come into body several times. And so, you know, let's say we could say Wheatley's been around a, a, a good deal more as a student <laughs> than Chewie. Yeah. So, you know, he's, Chewie's just not got that, that knowledge base. I know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So just understand that. And because when we get dogs that are similar to each other in the way they look, Mm -hmm. breeds or whatever we 
unconsciously expect, unconsciously expect them to be like the other one. I mean, we're mm-hmm. on Balsafan number eight and nine, I think, okay? And even though Bo looks like the original Bo, I don't expect him to be like that original Bo. Mm-hmm. They have some similarities. Their coloring is very, very similar. The personalities are somewhat similar, but, but they're each very distinct personalities, if that makes any sense. And oh, Lucas yeah. reminds us of Maggie, who we had, that was our second Bassett, and she was mm-hmm. the most cheerful, loving soul you would ever want to meet. So is Lucas. But Lucas is not Maggie. Maggie may have sent him. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we needed a cheerful, happy, you know, dog, right? So they know. Um, what other questions do you have? No, that was it. I kind of wish that you could have uh, talked to Mickey, but she kind of walked away. So okay. I do want to ask you <laughs> one thing, if you don't mind. So sure. Mickey, how are you feeling in your body since he's a little older? How are you feeling in your body, sweetie? Can you show me? Can you show me real quick? You can tell me you show me. I don't care. It's all right. Whichever way you want to do it. Okay. Okay. Give me a minute, Mom. All right. How long has that, that how long has that been going on? Okay. And what else? Okay. All right. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. Middle back on, on Wheatley. His middle of his back is, is stiff and his left uh, patella, left, left knee in the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, keep an eye. I don't know if those dogs are prone to, to uh, patella issues or not, but on the left rear leg, that knee is starting to bother him. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know where the knee is on a dog? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's confusing because anatomy doesn't translate on the rear legs where it does on the front on the front leg. So no. I can't say, you know, elbow is elbow on the front, right? But they've got that extra right. back there that we don't have. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So is he on any kind of, um, so you guys are getting a reading. Um, is, is he on any kind of supplement for, uh, for uh, joint issues? Prior, uh, yeah. You talk to your vet about it? Yeah. And the vet has him on something? Yes. Okay, excellent. Very good. Um, that's really important um, yeah. for him. Um, the other thing is, what else? We, okay, keep him warm. It's, you know, um, Doug, dogs lay on the floor. So we lay on the floor. They can lay on the stuff, like, you know, couches and chairs and things. But they a lot lay a lot on the floor. Um, so with a dog like him, you, you know, you want a nice balance on a dog bed between um, not, you don't want to get something real deep because it's going to be harder for him to get in and out of. Make mm-hmm. sense? Um, but you don't want it real thin either. You want to cushion him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But don't get it too deep because if he's got a patella and a back issue, it's going to be hard for him to get out. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we get the um, foam, the, um, oh, the memory foam. Yeah. yeah, it's a memory foam. Yeah, and, and then you put it cover over it, right? And yeah, so we've got older animals so mm-hmm. yeah so you know it's it's uh that makes it a little bit easier they don't get sunk yeah. in there right okay. right if yeah. um if he wants to, does he get on the furniture oh yeah okay. <laughs> all the time what he may start noticing is he's going to start he may have a little bit of trouble pushing himself up you can get steps mm-hmm. portable steps if if 
if he, you know, and, and help him. Okay, that's how I have a pickup truck. That is how I get our old one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even try to get the big Bassett in there. We take him in the Subaru. But I can get Lucas in, but I have steps for Lucas, our old one. And so he can go up the steps and get in to the back of the truck if he has to go to the vet or mm-hmm. groom or whatever. Okay, so um, you can do the same with furniture. Yeah. Lucas doesn't get up anymore on the couch unless we really help him. Um, okay, he just, he chose not to anymore, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, in out vehicles, things like that. You may want to consider that. You'll have to train yeah. them on. Mm-hmm. Oops. Or ramp. You could use a ramp to oops. What'd you do, Monica? I, I managed to see the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry well, about you know, this. Maybe is good. Visiting, Monica. I don't know. Um, do you have any other questions, though? About no, that it it's interesting that you pointed out to where he's ill because that's exactly where he is ill um with the left hind leg when he was three he ran into a post and punctured his kneecap so he has been on oh it was not a pretty there was blood everywhere but um it it was (laughs) um but yeah he he's been on a diet to make sure he never gets overweight because it would put a lot of strain on his knees and um yeah he's been on basically uh, not a glucosamine supplement but something similar to that since he's Um, been four for that reason really helpful um, especially as dogs begin to age um is chiropractic and acupuncture okay we have somebody uh, that actually comes to the house and does uh, both of our bassets um, she says the Padango doesn't need it yet. Um, and then she goes out and do, does my horse for me because I'm still riding my horse. Terry's horse wow. is retired. He's 31. He's, he just looks pretty. Um, but, you know, my horse, I still ride and do things with and we do obstacles and stuff. So she goes out and adjusts her and does acupuncture with her as well. So it's very effective with, with dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, really, we've been doing it with dogs and horses, our dogs and horses for years. And it really makes a difference, especially as they start to age a little bit. It right. really makes a difference. So mm-hmm. consider that if you, if you would. If I can interject, what's the name of your chiropractor? Um, the, the, the veterinarian that comes out to see ours is Dr. Um, Brittany Cother. She is Cother. actually out of Wilmington. But she she makes house calls. So, you know, like, uh, she comes out here, she does the Basset Hounds, and then mm-hmm. we drive to the barn and we do Cheyenne, my horse. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's what I like is she does both. And um, our animal, even our cats love her. I mean, she doesn't do anything with them, but they, they come like in. Her. Yeah, I mean, one cat comes with one basset and the other cat comes with the other basset. <laughs> um, and they watch, they supervise. <laughs> so it's like, um, and the base, the, the cat in the basement, the barn cat just kind of, she stays and observes from the top of the steps. But yeah, each, each cat, the other two cats, they have their dog. And so they watch what she does with them. So, so we're okay. almost at two hours. Did you want to say anything about Betsy, um, uh. Jen? Sure. Is Betsy Hold on, there? Me, she, I, she will not let me, so I'll, I'll just show you a picture. Is that okay? Sure, of course. Can you share um, a screen? 
Oh, oh Betsy's so I don't sweet. know how to do that. I'm sorry. Can oh, you see oh, her okay? Yeah, is she still in body or not? She is. Okay. Um, my, main, my main questions for her is why she doesn't why doesn't she cuddle with me? Okay. And is she feeling okay? Let me ask the second question first. How are you feeling in your body, sweetheart? Yeah, that's what I thought. Tell me again, where? Okay, um, this cat is having some issues. She's just having some, some sore joints, okay? And I don't think she's that old, is she? she she's feels a, about 15. Oh, is she? Okay, well, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, she doesn't feel that old to me at all. And for a cat, cat can go to be 20 these days, right? So that's that's probably late middle age. Okay, so yeah, I've got her. It's okay, you can put it down. Okay. You're good. All right, so um, she is really having some issues with, um, yeah, especially she's having joint issues and it's not isolated. Um, she talked about her hips initially, okay? And then she talked about her shoulders. So not so much back with hers, it's the shoulders and the hips, okay? Um, she is talking about when it gets um, damp outside. So you have a combination of cold and damp, mm -hmm. like we had a couple of days ago where it was a little colder than it is tonight, and it was damp, okay? That even though she's, she tells me she's mostly indoors, mm -hmm. not an in-and-out cat, she's an indoor. Nope. Indoor, yep. Okay. Um, that she can still feel that. Okay. Okay. So it's that combination of cold and damp that really bothers her um, outside. And she said it, she can feel it when it does that outside, she can feel it in the inside. Okay. So just that's something we're not aware of see, because we're so used to heating and cooling, mm -hmm. but our animals respond to it in a different way, you know, kind of than we do. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, and each animal is an individual. So one can, you can have two cats and one can get cold and feel cold and start, you know, fluffing their fur up way before the other one does. It's just like us, right? You mm -hmm. know, um, Terry gets cold much quicker than I do. She's from Oklahoma. Of course she does. I'm from Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, you know, so we're raised in different temperate zones, if you will. All right. So, so be aware of that. Um, one thing you may want to try with her, if you haven't already, um, that we do with our um, the cat that's, that tends to want to stay in the basement a lot, and we did this because of when they were barn cats, you can get discs that you can heat in your microwave for... If oh, uh-huh. We call them warm... Our, our cats know those, those are the warm things. We call them the warm yeah. things. We would, <laughs> we would take and put underneath um, their bedding because our cats had had a, a big, when they were babies, because our, our two barn cats, we five weeks old and somebody dumped them, okay? Oh. ditch. So I said, if you're going to stay, you're going to be barn cats. And we put them in a big cage in the barn for a while until they got big enough that they could defend themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's very short, warm thing, right? And okay. you put it in blankets or in the bed um, and let her lay. You have to make sure that it's not too hot for her, okay? okay. That will that actually is a little safer than a heating pad. Okay. The other thing you can do is a hot water bottle, same principle. Okay. And the thing that's really important with, with, with cats, I think in particular, especially older cats, is like, this is for you. 
I'm doing mm -hmm. this especially just for you because I love you. And I mm -hmm. want you to be as comfortable as you can be. Okay. Now the vet mm -hmm. seen her. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Isn't your vet aware? Yeah. Say that again. Vet aware that she's slowing down and, and having some discomfort. Uh, no, because she honestly, she doesn't act like, mm -hmm. I mean, she sits she's in bed all jumping. day. You still jumping yeah. on? Mm -hmm. Just the bed. Yeah. Okay. So, and she goes to the vet once a year? Sometimes. <laughs> I haven't had her for very long. I haven't had her very long. Okay. Um, all I'm saying is when we have animals that are getting into the senior, their senior years, mm -hmm. um, sometimes they need to go a little more often mm -hmm. um, because cats in particular are tricky because they can dehydrate really quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you know how to check for that? It's the same as in people. You go right between the shoulder Oh, blade. for the skin, if it goes back? Yeah, if it goes yeah. back. You really, mm -hmm. especially with senior cats, you have to really watch that. Okay. And make sure that you change the water every day. Okay. okay. And make sure it's accessible. Um, and I'm asking her how her mouth feels. Now, there's a reason, so hold on. How does it feel when you chew your food, sweetheart? Okay. Is she getting kibble and wet food? Yes. Good. All right, She's, she may be having an issue in the back of the mouth on the right side. Um, says she has a little trouble with the kibble back, you know, grinding back there. Okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. the fact you're giving her both, which is what we do as well mm -hmm. with our seniors is, you know, we've always done that with cats anyway, because our cats were out, you know, two of them were outdoors. So to make sure we saw them every day mm -hmm. <laughs> on the farm, we wet food, <laughs> you know, yeah. that was the treat. That's how we oh, got yeah the outdoor cats to come in so we made sure that they were still with us um okay. okay so that's good but just be aware she may be starting some dental issues in the back on the okay. right up and down both um and you know okay i'm letting her know she's really important that she she is drinking okay what's she talking about with the litter box what about that honey what about litter did you change litter Yes. She doesn't. Okay. Is the new litter um, got a stronger smell than the old litter? No, I changed from the clay litter to the crystal litter. And okay. I've always used unscented. Okay. So I'm asking her what it is. Okay. Well, first of all, you changed something on her, did not tell her. Not happy about that. <laughs> right. You have to tell them these things, you know, because what happens is then they, 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 you know, now they execute their displeasure sometimes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Things what that dump off the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm let she's, she's some, she didn't like the change. You didn't tell her. All right. So she's one in particular, especially at this age that you need to say, all right, sweetheart, you know what I, you know, this, this litter is not working real well for me. It's harder to clean, and I know you like it clean in your box. So she's really picky about that. She likes the clean box mm -hmm. every day, mom. Wants okay. that clean box, all right? Just you know, mm -hmm. yep. You said, or else, and I'm saying that's not nice. <laughs> oh no, she lets me know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
but she says this litter, I'm, I'm letting her know that this litter may be better for her because it's not as dusty. Mm -hmm. She said that's, and you have an enclosed litter box, correct? No. Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. Do you want an enclosed litter box? Because that's why you showed me that, or did I just miss it? Hold on a minute. She's confusing me. She says, you're getting a kick out of that, aren't you? You are. She's, she's so funny. This cat has got a wicked sense of humor. Okay, do you like having a litter box or do, would you like a covered litter box? Which would you prefer? Okay, she does like open, so you made a good choice there. Um, what about the height of the sides, sweetie? Can you still get up in there okay? Yes. Why did you show me the closed litter box then? Why did you show me the hut thing? She said, well, I could hide in there, but um, no, she's okay with the open one. Yeah, so some cats like open boxes, some, some no. hands, and some cats like to have the little privacy thing going on. Mm -hmm. I don't want to let you see me pee or whatever. So cats are funny. Um, well, we have one like that. She does not want you to know she's in there. The other two don't care. <laughs> All right, what else with her? What else with her? Uh, I want to know why she doesn't cuddle with me. Why doesn't she cuddle? All right, she's mm -hmm. so good. She said that, <laughs> she's funny. That would be too easy. She says, you know, humans like think that we all do that. And she said, it's like some of us do and some of us don't feel that we have the need to do that. She said that sometimes she will lay next to you because she's cold. And, and that's, you know, that's about as close as you're gonna get. Uh, the lap thing is just not something that she's into. She, she said some people really like it. She said, I know that some people really like it. And I'm explaining to her that it's, it's that we like, we humans like cats to sit in our lap for a couple of reasons. One is mm -hmm. that their fur is just so nice. Mm -hmm. so you know, for, for us humans, it is very soothing. To, to, especially when we might be a little bit upset or uh, had a bad day, you know, we just okay. kind of, you know, we're soothing. I said, but you know, it's really, really cool is when you purr because that vibration just really calms humans down like this. Mm -hmm. And so, and she says, well, she has more of the idea that you are there to serve her. Oh yeah. Oh yes, very you much so. Her person as opposed to her being your cat. That Say that again. She says you are her person as opposed to her being your cat. Oh, the relationship uh -huh. is you are in the provider and the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the one that gives things and the one is, is your job is to keep her comfortable. Your job uh -huh. is, uh -huh. your job is to cater to her every, she is a, she's a little princess. Yes, she is. I call her princess all the time. <laughs> you need to understand this about her, and therefore you are in a supporting role as opposed to her being in a support. Although she does, she does know that she 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 doesn't make nice with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. she does make nice, and and mm -hmm. she understands that this is something that that she does because this is part of why she lives with you. 
And also because if she didn't do that, then in her mind, well, would the human do what she was supposed to, she's supposed to do? <laughs> in other words, it's a trade for her. Okay. okay. See, that seems about par the, for the course for a cat. Yeah. Well, You're there to serve them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I would say in general, I think cats are much more independent of us. And it comes down to, if you think about the, the um, if I, I don't want to digress too much, but if you think about the, the, the original dog-human relationship, dogs were bred for specific purposes and jobs with people, right? And so the relationship had to be there. It was a codependent relationship, okay? So dogs have more of a codependent relationship with us as humans, okay? They are more willing to do things for us. They are more willing to do things when we ask them, mm -hmm. okay? And in fact, if you don't do that with a dog to a certain degree, they're going to take over. And that's what those are the dogs that end up in shelters or being the dogs that end up being euthanized because people don't understand that we need to be gentle leaders with them. Right. Cats believe that we are there to serve them. Mm -hmm. Okay. In return, they will do certain things for us. So it's much more of a independent, but if you think about it, Cats came into a relationship with human beings as hunters. They would keep the mice out of the pyramids and buildings. And, but it was an independent relationship. Mm -hmm. We didn't put them on a leash. We didn't nope. train them. They did this for us. Right? Right. Okay. And, and in turn, we gave them shelter. We gave them a barn. We gave them mm -hmm. A to sleep in. I mean, there are three barn cats we border horses. Yeah. So, and they know what their job is. Mm -hmm. And that's why cats will, if they are, are outdoor or indoor, outdoor. Um, I had an arrangement with our cats when we had the dog door on the farm. Mm -hmm. Do not bring a snake in this house. <laughs> Do not bring a snake in and let it loose. Because I, you know, snakes have a purpose. They really mm -hmm. do. I respect reptiles. They have a purpose with us. I just don't want them in my house. Right. Right. So Ben, what Ben would do, who looks a lot like Diana, what Ben would do is we would be sound asleep and he would bring something up in the bed and he always made it a certain noise. It was a just, <laughs> I've got a present for you noise. <laughs> right away. And he would deposit it in the middle of the bed and it may not always be dead. The last one he let loose was a baby chipmunk. No. Oh my! You know, but we knew we got to know he made a certain noise when he brought mm -hmm. something. But he was doing his job. His job mm -hmm. was to make sure we knew that he was keeping the rodents out of the house, and that included chipmunks, mm -hmm. okay, and mice. You know, and and by God, they never brought a snake in. Oh, uh, we had good kitties. Time. That's great. <laughs> that is very good. Yeah, we had six cats. When we lived on the farm at one time, um, some of them were outdoor cats and some, uh, a few came in and out. We had three or four came in and out at dog door. And we, that was the agreement. None of them ever brought a snake in. Wow. One of them uh, in the barn killed a snake, which was, you know, mm -hmm. blessings and I hope your passing was quick. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, um, we had to discuss with them that they did not need to try to corner the, the babies, the mama skunk that had her babies behind the hay pile. <laughs> the lead, you know, if, if, it, if it looks like black and white, leave it alone. Yeah. Okay, and so we had to take these baby skunks that mama was not happy. No, I bet not. <laughs> but, you know, they're so cute though. Have you ever seen baby skunks? Oh my oh, God. Skunks are adorable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've had are. to paint many pictures of skunks. Up like this by the tail and going, oh, you're so, and they, everyone's different. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you were just so cute. And they can't spray when they're that little. Oh. You know, so you're just like, oh, you're so cute. Look at you. And then we, and we said, mama, we're taking them way out across the pasture to this other barn where we know there aren't animals. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is where we're going. We're showing mama in our heads the whole way. We're taking your babies in a box and we're going to let them loose in the tall grass out here so the ox won't get them. And you need to go take care of your base, but do not bring them back here. No. <laughs> you cannot live in our barn and they cannot live in our barn. Okay. Mice and, and, and chipmunks I could put up with as long as we had wood rats that started burrowing under the, the stall mats. And I had to talk with the barn cats that they needed to get them out of there because tunneling under the mats, a horse could step in the mat and, you know, break mm-hmm. a leg. Right? Mm-hmm. So we had to have a chat with, with um, the barn kitties and say, mm, keep the wood rats out of here. This is not good for your horses. So, yeah. And they, they did a fairly decent job after that. But. Any other okay. questions? No, this has um, been a great discussion. Oh, yeah. go on. I'm sorry. I, I was going to just say, is Betsy happy? Oh, I is she? Okay, let me see. She said you could, you, you um, could, um, there's a particular kind of canned food she likes. Okay, and do she, tell. She could have more of that, please. It feels like it's more of a fish variety. Like, okay. You know, it because she likes the smell. She says, um, with, with cats, she said, you said it earlier, make sure that they understand, those that have cats, that they understand that cats need to have a smell. The smell draws us just Stinky. as much as something looks Okay. More so than dogs. Mm-hmm. Yes. So people need to understand that. Fancy feast salmon. Okay. Oh, that's yeah, the that stinkiest stuff on earth. Yeah, you got it. Okay. You got it, <laughs> especially when when you get a, a, a cat that is getting older, mm. uh, and you know they start maybe kidneys start slowing down, stuff starts building up in their system. Okay, so they make it a little queasy. Okay. Right? Not a vet here, but we had that happen. Mm-hmm. We're older cats. Is that their kidneys started to go, they would get queasy, which goes they had upset stomach. So we had to get really, really smelly stuff. Okay. To, to, to offer them to, if they wanted to eat, that they could. Okay. They were motivated. The smell got strong enough, they could eat. Okay. It okay. overcame the queasies. Okay. So just, just, just maybe be aware of the smell's real important. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank well, you. this has been a great show. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cindy well, yes, and Monica. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We uh, probably should. Uh, do you want to give your information out? We can put it in the show notes too. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can get all of of uh, us in a couple of different ways. You can email me at Cindy at acwservices.net, or you can call me cell uh, 513-310-3997. You can also reach us, um, you know, through our website, which is acwservices.net. Um, you can reach Terry at terry at acwservices.net. 
or, um, oh geez, wait a minute, I just lost it. Um, or you can call Terry at 513-309-0957. We do most of our work on the phone, especially now during COVID. Um, we do occasionally do, uh, I do barn calls. I love doing barn calls <laughs> and seeing horses. Um, but we, we can do home visits as well. Uh, we, we have been not doing them right now because of COVID. But uh, I have been still doing a few barn calls because we're outside and everybody masks up. Um, but please give us a call. We're happy to help. We're here to help. We want to see the animals stay in their homes. We don't want to see your dogs and cats and, you know, and, and horses going into rescue or your dogs and cats going into the shelter because you have a behavioral problem. We're not behaviorists. We're not vets. We can certainly help you understand things from your animal point of view. That's why we do this. We want the animals to stay in their families. Great. And, uh, thank, thank you. So thank you so much. Monica, do you want to plug anything or? Uh, well, I don't have a website. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of slow about that. All I have is my email address. If you would like to contact me, it's lira studios at gmail.com. If you'd like a reading, I do phone readings, I do email readings. Um, and uh, I'm with COVID, I have plenty of time. So. <laughs> I'm your host, Kat, along with Christina, Jen, and occasionally now Bob and Conan uh, <laughs> that you can see popping up and down your stairs behind you, Christina. It's a, it's a treasure. I love watching it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you'd like to stay tuned with us, you can find us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. You can email us your own hometown haunts, or if you have a pet ghost story you would love to share in a future episode you can also email that to us at cincycuriosities at gmail.com thank you stay curious and good night good night thank you good night bye. thank you <laughs> bye 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 <laughs>